Welcome, everybody, to another fine edition of Frankensteiner. Um, of course, I am not Marty. He is still being kidnapped, um, being held hostage by the ninjas of Atlanta um, over, you know, Best Buy. They just lock yep. him down. It is what it have is. We, have we figured out their demands yet? No, and I haven't even reached out. Just be honest. Um, we, we are the worst hostage negotiators ever, Cliff. We're, we're the worst friends. We are. Yeah. All right. But as you heard her voice with me, as always, is Julie Jubaka. Say what's up. I'm not saying what's up. Hi, everybody. See, Rebel to the end. Oh, yeah. And- you're, about as, <laughs> you're about as rebellious as WWE doing a show in the Saudis. Um, uh, too soon? Too soon? All right, <laughs> but more importantly, we have a special guest with us today, and introducing the president of WCF Wrestling, Jamila. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. How are y'all? Doing, Doing pretty great. good. <clears throat> so I know um, it's funny because Jamila, um, we actually had a conversation after the last show. That we were uh, that we both attended because Justin was there, and uh, so seeing Justin, uh, we've had him on the show, uh, we've had Chaz on the show, and we, you know, obviously you and I, we talked about getting you on the show, and uh, here right. you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm finally here. <laughs> yeah, exciting. Um, yeah. So um, as we had mentioned, right, uh, Jamila is the president of WCF Wrestling. So. Talk to us a little bit about WCF Wrestling. Like, what inspired you to want to, one, start a wrestling organization, and then as well as just, like, run run the operations? Um, Actually, funny thing is, I'm one of those people where I'd much rather be, like, behind the scenes as opposed to, like, in front of the camera and in front of people. So me being president was a bit of an adjustment at first because it's, like, when people – look at WCF when they look at the shows like I'm the first thing like they see so it's weird but it's also good because like the reaction I get every time I tell people like yeah I'm the president they're like oh wow like that's awesome right yeah like it's it's pretty crazy um honestly growing up uh with the way I was raised we didn't really watch wrestling a whole lot so I didn't really get to appreciate it until I got older but um it's it's been pretty cool so far. Like I can't complain. It's it's a headache dealing with people, but I mean, <laughs> it it all just kind of comes with the territory. So you know, you learn how to deal with people's personalities and how they like to handle things and things like that. Awesome. So something you did mention though is that you know you didn't get to watch wrestling a lot as a kid, but you are watching like the product now. So can you like, who's a wrestler right now that you just one hundred percent like are in love with just can't you honestly are like you know what that that's my guy other than Ooh, justin that's so tough <laughs> <laughs> of course other than justin um that's so hard because i have so many favorites for like different reasons but i probably have to say my current favorite me and justin actually go at this like all the time because of how much i'm it's actually kenny omega oddly enough and i'm not one of those like typical marks where i feel like kenny could not have a bad match because I will admit some stuff of his I've seen I've been like ooh right. that wasn't your best work bro but I right. mean 
Kenny, I would have to say, is probably one of my favorites right now, only because I'm seeming, I'm trying to blank about all my other favorites, which is odd, but. Well, that, and also, like, right now, Kenny's, Kenny's reinventing himself, so he's very much in a lot of, like, Mark's mind, if that makes sense, like, we're, yeah. With AEW and the stuff that he did, it was a nice thing with him and Jericho. And now you want to see what's going to happen with him and Moxley. So, exactly. no, I can understand why he would be in the forefront mind. Uh, how, real quick, because this is not often. How is it being a, a female that is running a wrestling company? Because we, I mean, you know. There's, you got WWE with the whole women's women's revolution. You know they they, <laughs> they say they're doing it and they do a good job screwing it up every once in a while. You know, but in general, like it's not super common to to hear about a female being a president of a wrestling org. So like, does have you come up with a lot of shit because of that? Because I mean, let's be real. You got to do with crap anyways, just coming in. Right. But like, have you like, what challenges has that come up with just in general being a female president in wrestling? Um, probably the biggest challenge for me is that um, I've come across people that haven't really taken me seriously. And that frustrates mm-hmm. me because I'm like, listen, like just because I'm not a male, like it doesn't mean like I don't know wrestling or like I don't know what I'm talking about. Like I may not know the ins and outs, like, people that have been watching it forever, but, like, I know what I'm talking about. Right. But um, most of the people I've met have actually been really, like, surprised and thought it's, like, the coolest thing in the world. Like, um, there was this guy we met when we traveled to a fed in New York, um, NUW. His name is Scorpion. Um, I love him because he reminds me a lot of Sting, and Sting Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite wrestlers. That is my literally my favorite guy, so kudos on that one. Oh, my God. Love, love, love Sting. If I ever get the chance to meet him one day, I'm probably going to cry. Same here. (laughs) No, I understand. Yeah, but Scorpion, um, when we were traveling to the Fed um, NUW, Scorpion runs a Fed called UWF, and when we were there, and, like, I was introducing myself, and people were like, yeah, you know, she's the president. He was just, like, his whole, like, everything just lit up he's like that's so amazing like that's so awesome like right. oh my god and i'm just like okay like because I, I really don't think it's that big of a deal but like seeing people's reaction when i say it it's just like wow like this is really like something right different to people well, yeah to think, well, I, yeah i think that it's i mean you're in the wrestling organization and it's predominantly a male dominated organization and yes you do have your like women's organizations out there but to see a woman a woman be the face of a bunch of gentlemen like oh a bunch of guys I don't, i'll be honest we're, we're all kind of weird <laughs> anyway, but to to be to be the face it's that's it is what it you know that's that is unheard of it's like it's very unprecedented i mean you know you do have like your dixie carters of like impact and you know whatnot right but to see, and that's it. Kind of threw me off a little bit at first too, because I know, like, when I talk when I talked to Justin and we were kicking kicking around the conversation, and then I met you, and, and he was like, "Yeah, this is the president." I was like, "Oh, hey, this is awesome!" <laughs> like, I'm all about this life. <laughs> yeah, like, at, like that's literally the reaction I get every time. It's just like, "Whoa, like that's awesome!" And I'm just like, "Okay, I mean, if y'all say so, like, I'm just I'm just trying my best, honestly." Right. I think one of the things too is it's. I know anytime I bring up like, oh yeah, I do a wrestling podcast. There's almost like this thing of wonder as if you're like this and you're like, what are you? Where'd you come from? Out of space? 
What are you right? Doing? It's like you you have a vagina and you like wrestling and you're competent about it. What? Are you an alien? Like who yeah, are you? You, you almost <laughs> get that moment and you kind of just stare and you're like, no, yeah, no. Like for me, I literally, I have a little different. I didn't, I didn't, I grew up. There's literally not a time in my life where wrestling wasn't affected. Like my great grandma used to watch it and shit. Mm-hmm. But I can understand when you're just talking to somebody and they kind of go, I, I, I like it when there's the excitement, which is, I think is happening more and more now with the business because people are starting to see like, it's not girls being like, I want to be a wrestler so I can, right. you know. No, they're it's like, like I want, hardcore people. Out yeah, here. they're like, like no, I'm putting in I, the work. Exactly. I want to put in a good match. I want to put on a good show. I want to get a. I want to get in a good crowd, and I want to make sure everyone's happy. And I think because there's more women that are doing there. And to be honest, there's there's a lot of women out there that are doing better than some of the guys in some of these organizations. Definitely. Um, I think that's probably where some of that surprise and excitement comes from. Like, what? Yay! Come here, shiny new thing. You know. Right. I think that's probably a part of it because I know I've, I, like I said, I've gotten that at least for the like, you a podcast, what? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can confidently talk about wrestling. Hey, what's up? Right. Well, it's 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 uh it's you know obviously we we joke about it all the time about being you know there's a real revolution going on outside of like WWE and the women's evolution thing that they're trying to put on. There's you just see like women putting on these hardcore matches, and the crazy thing is is that. And I'll be honest, man. Women can do things that guys just cannot do, right? Like, I'm just going to be honest. Um, what was it? We talked about this a uh, couple episodes ago. Uh, was it Priscilla Kelly? And, like, the gross factor that she can do that guys can't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, so right. for her to be able to That's set out, like, true. yeah, for her to set out, like, this kind of precedence of, hey, in one minute, we can be, like, these sexy, uh, you know, women. Or on the other, we'd be nasty, and it's just guys. We we either get like we're either like the really cool guy or like the fucking creep, right? So you either have guys that right. are like <laughs> right. You have these guys you're like oh like Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, or you have these guys that are like Lars Sullivan, and you're like one oh, dude I can hang out with, one dude I'm just gonna sit back in the back of the room and be like I hope that guy doesn't fucking come talk to me. Whereas like. Oh, oh right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just a creepy factor. Like, you you literally cut a promo on your show, your first interview, and you talked about painting with the entrails of a rodent. Like, you're fucking weird, dude. Um, and I know he doesn't write right. it, but it's just, it's like the point. But then, like, with women, like, uh, there's, like, a whole list of, of, of women that are just like, damn, like, I would kick it with them, like, just to hang out and just pick right. their brains about, like, how about wrestling, and, you know, and you and I, Julia, we've been doing this now for, well, it's been you and me, like, the last few episodes, but yeah. I don't know, it's been, like, what, four months now, we've just talked I, wrestling. I, yeah, I've jumped on, yeah, come something like that. Yeah, yeah so. It's been, it's been a while now, it's been, it's actually, it might have been longer than four months, to be honest. Yeah. But, I, I think, I think one of the things when it comes with with wrestling too is um females are starting to also find uh better personalities in the ring too we're not getting just the same cookie cutter bullshit over and over and over like oh great yeah sweet oh you're just loud and you're yelling and you're screaming and you're slapping and you're obnoxious i'm getting tired of this no you get somebody like an ember moon who has her own entire shtick then you'll get someone like um, 
Uh, what's that? What's the NXT UK champion chick? Uh, oh, not Tony Storm. Storm. Not Rhea. Tony Storm. The one. Yeah, Rhea Ripley. Right, that's her last name, right? Yep, Ripley. I wanted yeah. to say, I wanted to call her Renee for some reason. I'm like, that's not her name. That's <laughs> not her name. Not her name. That's, that's why I was wife. like, let me just. Yeah, well, I was like, I know it's not her name. I'm just gonna fucking ask. But like, and she's got her own thing too. So and and some of these chicks, like like Nikki Cross, is a great example of can get on the mic and they're like, oh, you know, some of the shit that they write for her and on the main roster is like, oh god, why are you doing this to her? But when she was in NXT, you know, you'd hear the little scream and her being crazy, and you're like, fuck yeah, little psycho bitch is coming out. Let's do this. So I think because they're not all the same wrestler anymore because i think that's the one thing that was big about wrestling back in the day that started making wrestling cool was it wasn't the same big burly dude and in tights and oiled up and bra brother it wasn't all hulk hogan and macho man and big bulked up dudes you started getting like with wcw when they started bringing in their their cruiserweight division you know you started seeing the the, the ray mysterios and shit like that that changed the male face of wrestling because they started changing what they looked like. I think the reason why that's happening with women is because they're changing what they look like. They're changing their personas. They're changing how they can be. Someone wants to be a smiley Kylie. Go be smiley Kylie. Someone wants to be a <laughs> psycho asshole that whips you with some hair. Go be the EST. Do what you got to do, but make it yours. And I think that's part of the reason why it's getting a little better for the women nowadays. And that's what I'm saying is like, you know, with Jamila, like just leading the forefront for WCF, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a guest that we have to get on the show because right. she's she's such a great personality and she's and I'll be honest, she's like a little bubble of energy and like happiness. <laughs> and you're just like, I got to kick it with her. Like, she's so cool. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, well, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. So. Tell us about what you have for the future of uh, of WCF wrestling. Like, where do you see it? What do you want? What do you want from it? And like, you know, what do you see these scenes kind of moving on? Well, for starters, we have our we have our biggest show of the year, Wrestling Madness, coming up at the end of this month, which I'm super excited about. Um, that's basically like our WrestleMania. So it's the biggest show of the year. It's been a staple in WCF for forever, basically. But um, I think my biggest thing for WCF is I want it to continue to grow. Like, I love the fact that we're traveling to different feds and that different feds are coming to us to wrestle. Shout out to um, DBW, NUW, UWF. There are so many more that have invited us that I can't remember right now, so I'm sorry. But um, it's, it's really cool to see, like, how WCF has changed and progressed from when it first started to now. Because I'm pretty sure, like, the original vision is totally different compared to what it is now. And that's a great thing. Because it shows that we can evolve and change with the times the same as any other wrestling promotion. And, yeah, we've had our shortcomings. We've had our downfalls. But we're definitely trying to pave our way in wrestling. And I'm very excited to see what the future holds for us. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm ecstatic to be absolutely honest. No, I mean it's it's awesome though because I do I know like um because I once I joined you guys and kind of got in like a lot of people like started texting me like and sending me messages on uh on Facebook and was like hey why don't you come do this show hey why don't you come do that show and I was like whoa there cowboy I've only done one show. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I just, yeah, like <laughs> our social media following is huge. Like, um, we recently had a guy reach out that wants to actually wrestle at Madness, and he's from Columbus, Ohio. I was like, whoa, <laughs> like. It's like it's crazy because in the age of social media, like it's made it so much easier for you to put your product out there and for more people to see it than like just the people in Baltimore. Like it, it's like I think one time, like there was a guy that wanted to wrestle and he lived in like Louisiana and he thought we were based in Louisiana and I was like, um, we're in Maryland. Uh, I don't know how the process works there, so I can't really help you. But like, best of luck to you, sir. Right. <laughs> I know but, it's um yeah, like I have a couple friends that are like out in Kansas who just uh caught up with me and was like, "Dude, you're a pro wrestler?" I was like, "Well, first let's back off on the pro part, but yes, I am a wrestler." <laughs> you're like, and, "I wrestle pro, maybe not so much." <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But they're like, "Dude, that's actually really cool." And it's funny because like I put up um I was on Snapchat and I just Snapchatted a match and someone was like, Oh dude, like what? And now like all of a sudden I saw my social media start growing again, like people were like reaching out like, dude, how do I get involved? I'm like, first you live in Maryland, because if you don't, we need to figure <laughs> this out. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's crazy like how big our following has become just over like from maybe like late Maybe not even late. Maybe from like 2018 to now, like it's crazy how much we've grown. Like I would have never thought we'd be traveling to different feds because they want us on their show. Like it, it's crazy, but um, it's honestly awesome because you get to like you get exposed to different talents and how they do things and how they operate, which I think is really cool. And it's just really cool to see that like the thing that unites all of us is wrestling, and that's pretty awesome. Like it doesn't matter if your character is supposed to be like some crazy off the wall psychopath or if you're supposed to be a dude that loves sting or if you're like chris idol or anybody like that like everyone just loves wrestling and that's all they're here to do and that's honestly refreshing because i think too many people get caught up in egos and oh well this is beneath me which was so annoying but we're, we're not gonna get into that <laughs> <laughs> But um, it's just awesome to see that everyone is just there to just help each other and just to help each other's phase or characters grow. Like, there aren't any, like, oh, well, I want to be better than you because I know I'm better than you. Like, it, it's not about that. And Every hopefully that'll continue. Right. It sounds like everybody wants to rise as an organization as opposed to people trying to rise off each other's backs. Exactly. That's the most important, too, because, I mean, we have a couple, you know, I'm a, I live up in... I said earlier before the podcast, I live up in the Metro Detroit area. We got a couple organizations out here, and there's there's just some that I don't I don't watch because of that reason. Because mm -hmm. I've had friends of mine that have wrestled, and I know what goes on behind the bat, you know, behind the scenes. And it's a you know, you hear about people getting screwed on pay or screwed on a match, and you know, driving six hours to a place, and then like, oh yeah, because of some reason or the other, you you know, we decided to cancel your match. Well, I, I drove six hours. Now I'm not. Right. It's like I drove six hours to be here. So why would you cancel my match? Why, would, why wouldn't you let me know? So like, yeah, there's been a couple of places like that. So it's good though that as a as a whole, it seems positive because that's what needs to happen more and more. That you know, because I feel like we're going back to the territory days almost. Like WWE has worn their welcome out. They have done too much 
they got too big, flat out. They got too big, and now everyone's like, okay, I'm I've seen this. I'm gonna go see what else we got out there. So it's like it feels like everybody else that's a smaller organization, even you know some of the ones that are bigger like ROH and shit like that. Them down to the littler ones that you know are just you know, they got maybe a roster of ten guys or whatever. It seems like everybody's pumped because everybody's look. It seems like a lot of fans are looking elsewhere. So it, there's a chance for eyes to be on their product now, more yeah. so than ever before. Because the you know WWE's had had the market for such a long time where you know if you brought up uh, you know TNA Impact, it was <laughs> TNA Impact. So now it's like, oh, yeah, I watched Impact because I, I just couldn't do WWE. Yeah, their shit's okay. Yeah. But it, it's because you can't do the same shit over and over again. So I feel like that's it's it's as shitty as WWE's. But I, like there's it's some of the decisions they've been making as of late. Uh, I think I feel like it's it's better for everybody else as organizations because yeah, definitely looking for other stuff now. Yeah. Well, what else they got? You know, what else is out there? I don't want to watch the match. Right. You know? Funny thing is, uh, me and my dad were talking just, um, just like talking wrestling and stuff. Cause my dad grew up like during the eighties, so he pretty much is like Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, loves like all of those guys. Right. And my dad was like, you know, I be. My dad was like, I'd actually love for it to go back to the territory days, cause he was like, because it seems like. He's like, WWE, like, isn't holding the grip anymore. I was like, it's funny you say that, Dad, because you don't follow wrestling at all. So it's funny that right. you said that. Because, it, like you said, like, with social media and with people kind of getting sick and tired of the same old thing with WWE, like, it's making it easier for people to look elsewhere for quality entertainment in their minds or quality wrestling. And they're right. finding it. And that's what made it possible for places like AEW to, to start, honestly. Right. Get their little footing in there, being like, "Oh, okay, you guys are disgruntled employees. I have a place for you. We care exactly. a little bit more." Yeah, and well, that and also like we mentioned earlier about the social media thing. I think with social media, people sharing those quick. Oh my god, did you see this shit match? You know what I mean? Right. Like you'll see like a thirty second <laughs> bit from a match that's insane. The amount of time peni- pe- uh, the penis plex-, plex has been sent to me by various <laughs> people. That know I watch wrestling. It doesn't matter which version of the penis plex it is. I'm gonna see Joey Ryan somewhere in my fucking feet somewhere. <laughs> I, 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 because of that, that's also I think where why it's easier for people to get get more stuff. But WWE's dropping the ball on their social media. You know they're they they make it in. Yeah. They flood it. They flood it. They're like, hey, look at this shit you don't care about over and over and over again. So we're like, oh, I, I've seen it. Oh, what's this? This is new. This is fresh. Let me look at that. It's yeah. funny that you... Honestly, you... the most interesting thing... Oh, I'm sorry, Cliff. My bad. No, go ahead. Um, but the funny thing is, the most entertaining thing to me from WWE social media has been everything with the um 24-7 championship. Yes. Yeah. That's been like the most entertaining thing I've seen lately. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you see the little shit on Instagram or whatever, like the yeah. other day when uh, Jinder Mahal got pinned on the plane. Oh my god, like, that, that, was that was funny. <laughs> it was funny as shit. You know what's so funny. funny about that though is like I was I was watching and I saw like Truth pin Ginger for the twenty four seven title and I was like, wait a minute, what happened? And I went back just to watch that Ginger rolled up on the tarmac. He rolled up our truth and I was like, 
oh, okay. I was like, that's awesome. Because <laughs> I think it popped up on Carmela's feed where she was on Instagram and she said, this is why truth needs me. And uh, I was dying. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. But it's interesting you bring it up, right? So you, you were talking about how it's funny because like WWE is kind of losing their grip, right? And obviously we saw that with, with John Moxley, but more importantly, we saw that with Pac and we've seen that with like other wrestlers where we kind of got curious and we're like, well, what happened to that guy? And then you get introduced yeah. into like this new product and then you start finding out other things. So these guys have been making fun of me because the last couple weeks, all I've ever talked about was Orange Cassidy. And I was like, dude, I'm starting to learn who this guy is. It is so awesome. And everybody's like, yeah, I know. Oh. I'm like, no, no, no. I just figured it out. <laughs> so to me, <laughs> like, uh, actually, it's I funny because you're talking about the, the penis plex. So, like, uh, I think it was earlier this week, they dropped a, they dropped a video of Joey Ryan uh, doing a penis plex Canadian dick destroyer with uh, – <laughs> It was Joey Ryan, it was Orange Cassidy, and it was Joey Janela. And uh, I was like, oh, this man. is the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then I got, a, I got a message from NXT where Adam Cole did a, a – was it the Panama Playboy? I think that's what he calls his uh, Canadian destroyer from the top rope on Keith Lee. And I was like, there's no way – and I was like, I'm glad I found these guys before they broke into WWE. And I'm glad I found these organizations now. It's like, all this shit is just like, all these wrestlers I'm starting to learn about and starting to figure out. Yeah. It's all because of, you know, disgruntled employees from WWE going somewhere. And you see those guys. You're like, right. oh, shit. I had no idea who that right. was. You know, like for me, I was big in the Monday Night Wars because like, I, I've, I've, I wear my WCW patch hard. Like I loved WCW <laughs> back in the day when it was good. You know, I remember like what well, I remember when we were, I think we were talking about this last podcast when I said like I almost te- I started getting teary eyed almost when Moxley was coming down uh from the crowd because it, it reminded me of when Scott Hall was coming through. You know? Um back back at that time, you know, because the ECW was around that time, yeah, there was there was not there was more than one thing that could catch my attention. I had, I could rely on more than one product to be good. And it didn't have to be within the same umbrella. Cause like, don't get me wrong. I love NXT, but even NXT starting to get like, okay, but what are you going to do with them after this? Cause you just see, once you bring them up, you're going to fuck up their storyline. So like, are we just going to keep them in this little bubble forever? Like, I'm all getting there. But back in the day, there was multiple things that you could watch. So I, I love that AEW wants to, to be the WCW nowadays. I fully expect if we like if we don't get awards like we did back in the day, I'm going to cry. Because, like, <laughs> we need that competition. Da, Vince needs to have a fire lit under his ass. And so I, hope a, I hope AEW is the one that gives it to him. I hope they're the ones that give it to him. So the funniest of part everything. about the wars is, um, I want to say it was a Be in the Elite episode like last summer or maybe the summer 2017, where they called themselves trying to like in. Well, it was when um they were all still a part of Ring of Honor and Bullet Club was. Well, I mean Bullet Club is still huge, so that's not really. But anyways, um, they had kind of called themselves trying to invade Monday Night Raw, and I was just like, you know, that actually wouldn't be too bad to see now. Because it'd be something different. Right. Do you know what's funny? And it'd be we, new 
we so we covered that on this podcast last year we talked yeah it was last year last year we talked about that um and Marty and I were talking about the cease and desist letters that got sent by WWE to the Young Bucks. And instead of so like, yo, but instead of like, instead of like freaking out and being like, oh, we better drop this, they made a t shirt out of it and they sold so much merch because of it. And it's like, you know, like, do you know how popular you have to be to sell out of t shirts? And then, at a wrestling organization? And then, do you know how popular you have to be to sell out of t shirts? in a place called Hot Topic and not be affiliated exactly. with WWE. Like, that's fucking awesome. Like, these guys, every curveball that gets thrown at them, they just knock it out of the park. And it's like, you. Yeah. there's some things in AEW where you could be like, ah, I kind of wish this would have happened. But then something else happens, you're like, nope, nope, they made the right decision. That that was that was good. I like that better. You know? So I, And I yeah. love the Be Elite show. But, um, because but, that shit's fucking funny as fuck, too. And then you get guys like MJF. One thing I will always give the Young Bucks credit for is they know how to make money and they also know how to appeal to their audience. Like, even... Oh, yeah. Like, like even... Because um, Ring of Honor has come to Baltimore a couple of times and I went to a few shows with Justin. Like, most of the shirts you would see in the crowd were either Bullet Club. Or, or like the Young Bucks. And every time someone from Bullet Club made their entrance, roof went off the place. And you're just like, that's amazing. Right. That as like a faction, they have that much. I don't want to say pull. I don't think that's the right word. But like, I guess influence is the right word? Yeah. They have that much influence where like their fan base is like selling out of everything. Right. Like well, that. There's there's also something about them too, cause like I liked the Young Bucks, probably liked them as whatever, but like mm-hmm. it was like all right, they're good. But lately, the more and more I watch them, the more and more I feel my smile getting bigger. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what they want to do. Is they want to make you like, yeah, you like them, but they're constantly improving their product. So they're like, oh well, no, yeah, yeah, you like me now, but you're gonna love me later. Exactly. That's almost feel like that's their entire thing because I know I I lost my shit at Double or Nothing when those assholes came out in those Vegas cast. I mean in those Elvis costumes. Oh my god, uh, that was amazing! Because you know, as soon as you hear Super Kick Party, you're like, ah yeah, and then they come out with right. the ball, and you're like, oh, I already, I'm already happy. I'm already happy, and I feel like that's the, they figured out that that's what they're good at. Is yeah, they know definitely. how to make you go, yeah, you know, like, yeah, this is going to be exciting. You I know, know like, I wanted they, that. You know, yeah, they're like, that's, it just feels like they, they knew, they, they tapped into their fans early, saw the faces, and went, let's just keep this going on. Definitely. So, speaking of all this great stuff, let's talk about this past week for WWE. See how I just brought the mood somber down? That's awesome. So I gotta get a Dang, Clay, why, like, why you have to do that? <laughs> Way to ruin her vibe, guy. God. <laughs> Such a male thing to do. Whatever. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about so the lackluster, right? So this was a go home show for uh Super Showdown or you know, in country that's redacted. We can't talk about it until Triple H name drops it. Um but yeah, so there was like nothing that really there was nothing that really sparked out for Raw, like period, which was yeah, not 
off. But I think the most interesting thing that came out of there, other than my favorite segment, Five High Flint House, um, the interesting thing was, do you guys notice in the third hour that they got away from that grittier, dark look yeah. that they've been bragging about for like the last two weeks? I, I was I was reading an article about it, and they had a quote from Alvarez, and they, I think Brian Alvarez, and he was like, did anybody notice? No? No? Yeah, exactly. Like, you didn't give a shit. Like, they did it. They got away with it, and they did it without even making a big deal. It was just like, oh, wait a minute. Where's all that bullshit now? Why is everything called? There's color now? We have life again in the WWE? It it was stupid anyways. I feel like they were trying to, to hype, hype, like, tap in back in the day when they did Warzone. You know, when <laughs> yeah. they split it up. It was like, Raw's War in the Warzone. And when it was Warzone, that's when... That's when, the, that's when you put the kids in the bag because we're about to get serious, folks. Like, fucking A. <laughs> oh, WWE, you cracked me up. <laughs> so, so I feel like that's that that's it, it was a failed attempt and they learned that quick. Well, Definitely. I think it wouldn't have been a failed attempt if the first match that you didn't have on there included Shane McMahon. You know what I mean? And then, Or uh, uh, Baron Corbin uh, in the... In the in the main event. I think if you would have kept like fresh faces on there, like shit, they, right. you have you have this stupid rule called the wild card. Why not debut someone like Alistair Black like in the third hour? Right. Just a pop. You want to make it darker, grittier. I get he's a SmackDown guy. Stop. Don't comment in the section. We know, okay? But there's the wild card, and I know you're like, well, there's only going to be four people. What are, there's 13 people on SmackDown. Okay? Yeah. I don't give a shit. Anyway. Um, it's like, it's like what well, you can debut, like these newer guys, these darker right. characters and this grittier feel well, and it would work. Well, I think the other thing is too, is the timing of when they released it. It looked too much to be like an answer to all of the shit that's happening outside of them. You know what I mean? It looked like, Oh, WWE's trying to be badass now because there's other wrestling organizations being much better than them. That's what it almost came off as. You know? It didn't come off as anything like, like, as a fan, like, you know, take take all my fucking knowledge of the, any sort of knowledge of the business, front and back, whatever. If I'm just watching it, you know, on television, it, it, I, I knew AW is out. And there's been enough stories about it. And this was the time you wanted to do it. It should have come out earlier. Or wait a little bit. Let the uh, AEW hype get out a little bit. So it doesn't look like you're directly answering. Like there's a lot of decisions that they've been making. And this goes on AEW too. And Cody will have to figure out how he gets away from it. Because it there it seems as awful as there's like a, an answer to each other. You know, but that WWE's comes off as desperate as fuck. You know what I mean? That's what this third hour thing, like the timing of it was just not a good rollout. Don't, don't, you should have waited. They should have waited or done it earlier. So here's my question. Yeah. Jamila, this is a question for you, especially being, you know, in, in that supervisor, like presidential role. Like what is the one thing with the roster that you have currently in raw? How would you fix that hour? Or how would you fix the show? Ooh, Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, Me personally, um, I I felt like Super Showdown kind of got 
scratched together at the last minute because a lot of their talent was basically like, we're not going to said redacted country, which <laughs> given the views of said redacted country, I don't blame a lot of the WWE talent for not going. Right. So, and, and I also feel like as their way to try and like get people excited, they were like, let's bring Undertaker and Goldberg and, and we're going to put them on Raw and SmackDown as a way to get people interested which is great because people love Goldberg and people love Undertaker, but it's just like, I feel like it still wasn't enough to get people interested enough in like watching the show because I watched it and I was like, this is good. But I mean, like, eh, you know, like I can't think of anything other than Goldberg almost killing himself (laughs) that was memorable about, well, let me not say that was memorable, but something that I took away from that show and was like, that was amazing. Which is sad because a lot of the talent that was on that show is amazing. But then it just seems like they get on these big, well, let me not say big shows, but it seems like a lot of times their talent kind of gets like diminished because WWE, I feel like, isn't using them to their full potential. And it's crazy because when you see people like Finn Balor who were on the Indies, and even like Seth Rollins, uh, who else was Alistair Black, like a bunch of people who were successful before they came to WWE and they came to WWE because that's like the be all end all. You're just kind of like, dang, like, what are they doing with you? Right. But um, if I were to fix it, ooh, where would I start? Um, I probably um, if I wanted to fix it, ooh, where would I start? For starters. I would try and make it entertaining from hour one, two, three, because I feel like they throw so much at you in the first two hours. The kind of hour three, they're just like, oh, crap, what do we do now? And you can kind of tell because as a fan, like watching hour three, most of the time, like I'm I probably fell asleep. I'm on my phone doing something else because I'm just like all the excitement is gone. So I think. I would probably try to keep something exciting going in each hour and not kind of throw it all at you when the show first starts because then people are going to lose interest. And also, I'd probably try and use different talent because, like you said, they have the wild card rule. They can bring people from SmackDown. Shoot, they can even use NXT people. If, like, while they're doing the European tour, they can use NXT UK people. Like, they have a whole plethora of talent and if and I feel like I see the same people, and it annoys me because you're like, "What are y'all doing?" Well, didn't they have like, like forty some odd wrestlers or whatever that haven't been on on TV and like however many? I was reading an article and they had like forty some odd wrestlers that are on the main roster that haven't been on TV in X amount of months or some shit yeah. like that. It was and that blows bad. my mind because I'm like, y'all have so many people. Like I know. You can't put everyone on the show. Like, of course, right. like, it's a three, like it's a three-hour time slot. You know, like you kind of got to fit in where you can. But it's like we also want to see different people. Like, right. I love, like I love Seth Rollins. I love him. Of course, I'd want to see him every week. But like, I don't want to see Seth Rollins facing the same people every week either. Right. Like, me personally, I enjoyed when they would do like the open challenges. Yeah, because I felt like it gave other people a chance to shine, and I'm just like, why not bring those back for starters? Well, yeah, because that's when we got Kevin Owens when he because exactly. he was still yeah because that's when he had the NXT title, and then somehow just was like, what? Exactly. I yeah, no, that was, I agree. That was a good that was a good time frame for that. Yeah, like open challenges. I think to bring back would be great using 
using other talent, I think, would be great, too. Like, like I said, I know ideally everyone wants to be on the show, but they can't be. But, like, don't also show us the same people either. You have people like Chad Gable, who is amazing, super talented, has all the potential in the world. But I haven't seen him since him and Bobby Roode are, like, no longer a tag team. And that sucks. Because when him and Jason Jordan were in NXT, amazing. And it was the same yeah. with... And I felt the same way about the revival for a long time too. Like up until recently, um, I was just like, the revival is so talented. Like, why aren't they being used? Like, what? It just bothers me because I'm like, y'all have so much talent right. that y'all are just letting just like fade away. The worst part is too is that they're holding them hostage with their contracts on top of That's it. That's also true too because I feel like a lot of them. Maybe not a lot, but probably most of them are probably getting curious about AEW and they'd probably love to go, but they're stuck in these contracts that they can't get out of until God knows when. So that kind of sucks. But, right. But you're just like, dang, like, I'd love to see y'all do something else. Well, right. It, like, this ain't it. <laughs> well, it was interesting because, like, so last episode, uh, Julie and I were talking about this problem and I had brought up the solution that, like, in the first hour, you could set the story, mo- story, the main storyline in motion, right? Just for whatever's going to cover that whole day, that whole three right. hours. And then you can touch back on it like in hour two. And in hour three, obviously, you'd have your main event. But to fill the rest of the time, you have a tag team division. You have an awesome women's division. And then you have the 205. Like we haven't seen uh, Heath and Kurt. And they're the t- or not Keith, uh, Zach and Kurt. They're the tag team champions. What you mean that your tag team champions aren't going to be on the show? That's crazy. Yeah. You don't have you have the two hundred five live belt. We saw Tony Nice at uh, Super uh, uh, Super uh, whatever the Super Show in Redacted Country. Super Showdown. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so we saw we saw Tony Nice there. He had the belt on, and uh, yeah, then he got eliminated really quick. But you could put him on Raw so that you get more eyes on Two Hundred Five Live. You have like all these crazy things that you could do. And I think one solution that you could do is essentially what NXT does. And I get it, NXT gets filmed all in one day, but what you could do is you could alternate the talent through. So maybe you could have your champion be on every week, right? So. Seth would come out and he'll talk to whoever and they'll have a match scheduled for him and you could watch that match. Or the next week, you just don't have him on. Or you talk, you have him cut a promo and then that's kind of it. But then everybody else gets that chance to be featured on to fight for that number one contendership. That way you get more storylines developed. It's just crazy to me that you have 40 plus wrestlers and then they go do house shows and then you end up with something like Mickey James who tears her ACL. She never got to be on a show and now she's out for you know, nine, 10 months. And you're like, God, what a waste, waste, what a waste that you have with someone like that. Or someone like you have Heath Slater still that he's a great wrestler and you don't even utilize him. Even in comedy skits, you don't utilize him. You have, um, I think about like, I, the more I watch Baron Corbin, it's going to sound ridiculous. And maybe this is Stockholm syndrome. Uh, I like Baron. (laughs) He's, he's being built up as a good heel. Back, you take that back. <laughs> Whatever he 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 got me to win for WrestleMania's wrestling hey, card. <laughs> the, the, yeah, 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 yeah. That's why you like him. That's uh, why WrestleMania with Baron Corbin made me so mad. That was <laughs> another thing where I was just like, of all the people y'all picked to be Kurt Angle's last match, y'all picked Baron Corbin. 
because um, me and Justin were actually talking about it, like, ideally, like, who would we want to be his last opponent? And I was, and we both had, I think either Justin had said or I had said, I can't really remember, but I was just like, I'd love to see him versus Chad Gable because it'd be, like, old school versus new school. Like, that would be dope because it'd be kind of like a passing of the torch kind of thing, which I thought would be cool. But then they were like, yeah, Baron Corbin, and I was just like, why? Like, I don't even... Like, if it wasn't for the fact I love Kurt Angle, I, I don't want to watch this match anymore. Like, but I think it goes, it goes back to that old mentality, right? Whether you really, really love somebody or you really, really hate them, business is good. Eric Bischoff said that on a TED Talk, and it's stuck with me yeah. ever since. Like, you either really, really love someone like Seth Rollins or you really, really hate someone like Baron Corbin. And guess what? Right. Either way, they're moving the needle for you. And it's it's crazy. And I don't want to like, be on this harp about, oh, yeah, this is why I like Baron Corbin. It's just he's being built strongly as a heel. And I get it. If that's one thing WWE's not fucking up right now, it's Baron Corbin. Congratulations. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's, it's wild to see like him build up. And then even like at Super Showdown, he had like. There was that weird thing that happened with the ref. He had the chair, and the ref, like, grabbed him, told him, I know how to do my job. And then he got mm-hmm. rolled up um, and got pinned. Spoiler for those who didn't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was crazy. And then uh, I was like, damn. But what really caught my attention was that the Universal title was the opening act. It's like... What? Like this is supposed to be yeah, your flagship belt. <laughs> right. It's like I get it. Like, you know, probably the people in said redacted country love Goldberg and Undertaker, but I felt like they shouldn't have been the main event. Cause I thought it was either gonna be the Universal Championship or the fifty man like over the top battle royal. I thought that was gonna be the main event. And then I was just like Goldberg and Undertaker? I mean, okay. My running joke all week was that I was like, this match is going to be all of five minutes. Like, I, I promise you. <laughs> like, Goldberg and Undertaker are not going longer than five minutes. And they did. And I was like, oh. Yep. I kind of wish I would have gone for five minutes. <laughs> I have to say. Uh, so, we'll talk about. So, SmackDown. Let's just kind of touch up on things, right? So, SmackDown. Nothing happened. Uh, if you guys wanted to, just go watch it on YouTube. You'll probably get more <laughs> of an experience out of it than you would have watched it live. And then uh, NXT. Oh, And NXT, um, I loved uh, Keith Lee's match. I thought he did phenomenal. Um, And then uh, we had uh, Mia Yim and Bianca Belair. Uh, Great match. Another match. If you guys go catch that, please. Uh, This was the third match between them. So this would have been obviously that uh, that fine. The rubber match. I'm really loving their rivalry. Yes. And then um, speaking of house shows, when you brought it up, the sad part is like a lot of WWE talent is getting injured on house shows because it's just like, well, shoot, if I'm not going to be on, like, maybe this would be my way for me to get on TV if I'm putting on these amazing matches in the house shows. And that's sad. Right. Because it's like, of course, like, you know, like if you're paying to go to a house show, like you want to be entertained. But like, I, I don't want, I want to, I don't want someone getting injured because they're hoping like this would be their way to get on TV if they're like, you know, I still got it. If you need me, please use me. <laughs> That's so true. It's so sad because you're like, I know. Um, so actually, Julie, uh, I actually sent a message to Jamila and asked her if she was going to the NXT show in Bel Air, uh, Maryland, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were, oh my God, Punishment Martinez versus Keith Lee was like, 
one of the most amazing matches I've ever seen. And then I found out they're changing. Well, speaking of crazy shit, they changed Punishment Martinez's name to I think it's Damian Priest. Damian Priest. Oh yeah, my god, that's you guys be, suck. Uh, interesting. <laughs> well, like, and apparently his gimmick is supposed to be like a party kind of dude. So we're like getting a taller, darker version of Adam Rose. It pretty much oh, is what god. I saw. We, we don't. We all know how those characters work out. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. But I'm like, yo, Punishment Martinez is so lit. Like, like, and then even at the end of the match, like, they just kind of had like this mutual respect kind of thing going on, and then it just rolled on. I was like, yo, this was great, you know. But I, I really worry, and it, I've always been worried about it because like you see these guys come up from NXT to uh, the main roster, and you're like. Oh, man, that sucks because let's be honest, this is going to kind of lead into that, right? Matt Riddle is doing amazing things on Twitter, <laughs> trolling the shit out <laughs> of Goldberg. Oh, my God. He gives of the troll bros. I he love gives it. me life. If I'm having a bad day, I go on Twitter and I'm like, what shit are you talking today? Him and Ben Askren from MMA, and you know this from a clip from MMA, him and Ben Askren, like if, I, if I'm like, hmm. I need some entertainment. Let me go see what we do. Who are you fucking with today? Who are you oh. fucking with today? Yo, so dude, that Matt, live stream. Matt Riddle is hilarious. That live stream. Oh on my Instagram, god, man. Oh, with Riddle, what? What he? he got, bar. Oh my god. <laughs> the how how angry he got was my bit. He's like, ooh, ooh. Now you're making me mad. You're like, right? I was just like, oh, uh oh. I was dying, dying at it. It's I like, love I love Matt Riddle. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because, you know, Matt said it too. He's like, you know, I love wrestling so much. He's like, but Goldberg, he's a he's a dangerous performer and he's unsafe and this, that, and the other. He doesn't even know how to really wrestle. And it's it's funny because he's right in a sense, but the whole thing about Goldberg's stint wasn't that he was uh this world class wrestler. He was just a dude that beat the shit out of people in five minutes or less. Exactly. But then when like, right. like that was his job, show up, badass entrance, jackhammer, leave. <laughs> yeah, that's and it. Then, like, I don't. I, I I remember Goldberg pretty much his entire shtick for WCW. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that was pretty much it. I don't ever remember a time when I watched Goldberg and went, oh, I wonder if he's gonna do a superstar, a shooting star press. I wonder if he's gonna do a moonsault. Never crossed my fucking mind with Goldberg. I went, he's going to go in there, and he's going to spear him, and they're going to go one, two, three, and then we're just going to add random-ass numbers to his count. And that's how it's going to go, right? Okay. <laughs> what they keep claiming? 173-0? and 0? Dude, it got, at one point, it felt like 974-0, and 0, and I just wanted to, like, <laughs> shake my head. It was dark. It was dumb. It was dumb. I, re- was dumb, I dumb, remember dumb. when Goldberg debuted. Like, I was watching Nitro the day that he showed up, and he was just in the ring, and you thought he was like this random jobber. And then here's Hugh Morris doing the laughing, no laughing matter, like this moonsault off the top rope. And then Goldberg kicked out, and everybody was like, "What just happened?" Nobody kicks out of this move. And then he speared him. He, you know, jackhammered him. We didn't, we didn't even know it was called a jackhammer at the time. And then he pinned him, and everybody was like, "Who the hell is this guy?" <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's funny though because like the last time we saw him on. TV before, before you know, before like WrestleMania, um, last year's WrestleMania, 
he like headbutt the door. He split his face open. He was like, you know, doing his promo, forgot his promo. And then like he tweeted out, he's like, I'm never going to headbutt doors or lockers again. And then no shit at Super Showdown. This motherfucker goes through and headbutts a locker and busts his face open and comes out. I'm like, dude. So what we ended up getting and um, actually you can ask you can ask Chaz about this. I legitimately looked at Chaz and I was like, let me tell you what happened after. Well, it was like right towards the end of the 50 man battle royal. Okay, I got in my car. I drove to Chipotle. I stood behind 20 people in a line. I ordered my food, my wife's food, my kids' food, paid for our food, drove home, sat down, gave the food out, got my food out. And as I got my fork into the bowl, the bell rang for the Goldberg (laughs) Undertaker match. You know how fucking crazy that is? That is. (laughs) We're talking about almost 20 minutes. It was like 10-minute entrances for everybody because Goldberg busted his face open, had to get checked out before he ever walked through his sparklers. It's like, come on, man. I, I didn't know that, honestly. Yeah. And then um, the sad part was, like, whoever was doing the sparklers, like, missed their cue because Goldberg did the kick. And you were just like, oh, you're late. Like, you're definitely supposed to do it while he's kicking. I was just like, oh, man. I was like, oh, this is bad. Of course, it didn't mess up Undertaker's entrance, but I'm like, ooh, whoever did that is getting fussed out so bad. Yo, well, they missed the they missed the entrance, the kicks, the sparkles went off late. I've never heard so much of Bill Goldberg's music before. I forgot that there was a second part where it just went up a whole entire octave. I was like, oh yeah, the key change. I was like, oh shit, there's a key change in this song. Yeah. I forgot that. Uh, yeah, when it goes up and it's like, <laughs> and you're like, what the shit. Yeah. Like, who the no. fuck missed their marks? Everyone. Thanks, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think Super Showdown, I think they tried to make it a great show, but I think when a lot of their talent that they probably booked for the show was like, yeah, we're not going to do this, I think they probably, like, didn't know what to do. So they were trying to, like, scramble things together at the last minute. And, like, some of the things that they scrapped together, I'm not going to lie, I really enjoyed, like, um, Seth and Barrett, I don't like Baron Corbin, but I thought their match was good. Um, Triple H and Randy, of course, I loved it. Been a huge Triple H fan. Like, ugh, that man could steal my heart any day of the week. <laughs> but um, Finn and Andrade, I really enjoyed. But it's just like, and then you got to the end and you were just like, what is this? Like, y'all have been building it. I, I felt like for all of that, like, Triple H and Randy, like, should have been the main event. Because I was like, this is ridiculous. Or, like, anything else other than Undertaker and Goldberg. Because it ended on such a bad note. And you could tell that, like, both of the wrestlers are really disappointed in how they performed. And you're just like, yikes. Well, like, the scary thing was is that Goldberg, like, he was busted open before he ran out there. And then he, like, went to spear Taker in the corner. And, like, Taker moved, obviously. Goldberg hit the top of his head on the top turnbuckle. Well, in between, like, the turnbuckles, like, the second or top and middle turnbuckle, and then busted his head open. And then he got tombstoned on his head. And you're like, that man's concussed like shit. Because then, like, after the match, I don't know if you saw. I I had flashes of Owen. I had flashes of Owen Hart and Steve Steve Austin when he did that shit to him, when he pinged him off the... I mean, that's what... That's that's ultimately what screwed Stone Cold up forever, was that, that thing on the neck. From did the you pile see, drive. Did 
did you see that he collapsed like after the match like he yeah out so, yeah tried like to walk away and he just dropped yeah like i've never seen a wwe doctor move so fast because like after goldberg had came out of the corner like you could tell just looking at his face like he was out of it like he was just like i don't know where i'm at but i'm here <laughs> and then i also think it being so hot there didn't help because they were probably dehydrated already so it it yeah, it was just a bad combination. It was just so many things that went wrong. You're just like, ugh. We and I really have... wanted Goldberg and Undertaker to be a great match too because they like, like they said in the video packages, like they were the two pillars of their respective companies. So it's like you were hoping this was gonna be a great match, but I mean, of course, you know, everyone knows like they're both old, so they can't go like you know how they would in their prime. But like people were still hoping to see a good match, and it just sucked because it felt like because of all the different things that went wrong i felt like the match kind of got ruined or what could have been got ruined yeah i don't think this was a match that you should have had at super showdown um and we we saw that with crown of jewel uh, or crown of jewel crown jewel uh we saw that with that event when uh with Shawn michaels right where Shawn michaels did the backflip off the um off the turnbuckle and nobody caught him like he just Face planted it and busted I the shit open. I remember that. And it's like, I was like, oh my God, Sean. <laughs> you have all these guys who are like 50 plus years old in the ring, and you're like, yo, dude, like, we're not taking into account all the, the weather factors, right? And so, even with that ring being hot with Goldberg and Taker, because I'm pretty sure anywhere else in the US or even in England um, or the UK, just in general, anywhere else, I feel like that match. Would have been fired if you would have talked to Goldberg right before the match. Hey, stupid! Don't well. Hey, Mr. Goldberg, don't headbutt this locker. Just go to the entrance, hit your marks, let's go, and we're gonna have this match. I still feel like that match could have been well, but I just think that there yeah. was a, a a list of things that just went wrong that you were like anything that could have gone wrong in that match, it one hundred percent did, and that's why I was like, Absolutely. it shouldn't have been a main event, and it was just fucked up all the way. Yeah, because um, when they kept mentioning like the weather in um, the weather, I was just like, oh, this does not bode well. I was like, I hope everyone's staying hydrated because they're in the desert. So it's like hotter than ever. It's hotter than any other place because you're in the desert. So I was just like, oh, yikes. And it sucked because it's just like that had the potential to be a really good match. And right. it was just like. Uh, why did all this stuff have to go wrong? I think what's so funny too is one of my favorite things too was they were um I was listening to Russell talk, right? And they were joking about it. And they had said that because it was so hot, you could see the paint like just dripping off of um Finn Balor's face. And they're like, yeah, so if he like that never happened. Like usually during a match, like usually Finn still has most of the paint made. Right. And it was like seeing him by the end, you just like, where'd all the paint go? No, but they were saying like as the paint was fading off, they're like, if the paint fades off, does the demon gimmick go away too? Like, does he become less demonish if all the face paint goes away? And I was like, you know what? Randomly, that would be an interesting story to tell. Like, it would be. <laughs> he's like, he taps into the demon. Now the paint's gone. He's not the demon no more, and that's why he lost to Bobby Lashley for the third time. It's just, <laughs> it's just, I would, I would find it interesting, but I just, there was like a lot of, I don't want to say there was a lot of great, there was great 
moments in the show. Like I have to give mm-hmm. it up. I and it's I hate giving props to WWE sometimes. But, <laughs> <laughs> so the fifty one man the fifty one man battle royal, or as they would have called it, the fifty man battle royal plus one. Um Mansoor winning it. That's was a such yeah it was a great surprise i was like there's no uh, i it was so funny was looking at the match and watching everybody kind of have their moments right like they obviously they threw it together but then we got to see aop heavy machinery with uh viking raiders like all together in the ring you're like oh my god this is gonna be awesome but then like as right, you're thrown out you're like oh mansoor's there i was like when the fuck did he get in the ring <laughs> he was there the whole time <laughs> I said the same thing because I was watching. And I was just like, "Hey, that's the guy." When uh, when they were there for the last show, he won like at the tryout, or he won a spot, or something like that. And I was like, "Oh, that's great, you know, to see him." And then and then I was sitting there like, "Well, I hope he doesn't get eliminated, considering this is like his home country. That'd right. be horrible." And then he won, and I was like, "Oh, that's amazing!" I was like, "WWE, like they never like I can't think right now because it's so late in the day, and I was at work all day." But I can't think of any times right now where, like, a hometown person in WWE, like, when they've been in their hometown, has won their match. Like, because that rarely happens. So yeah. I was like, well, that's great. Like, right. won. Like, that that was a great, like, feel-good moment because it's, like, for you to have won a contest and then you've been, like, making strides in NXT and then you're at this really big show in your home country and then to win this battle royal, like, that's pretty amazing. Like, the crowd's reaction, I thought, was awesome, too. Because you're just like, yeah, one of your Awesome! I'm not going to lie. Because it was so cool. And you're right. That that, that was, a, it was a great moment. What we saw, too, was, like, the crowd. Like, the crowd was out there with, like, like tears. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this was, like... It, I guess it would be equivalent to watching, like, your favorite gladiator win, you know, out of your country. So I can imagine when, like, fighters that are in the UFC, when they go back home and they fight in their home country and they win, like... The country's like, I'm proud of what just fucking happened. This is great. And so seeing Mansoor yeah. win, I was like, that's cool. And what really was cool, too, was the fact that, um, like, Ali was in the match, too. And uh, afterwards, they both took a picture together. And it was like, yeah, you that see was these awesome. two dudes who have a lot in common. I was like, that's kind of a cool moment. And uh, so, yeah, I was really, I was laughing. I was, I was loving that. And then I was laughing. At Corey Graves, because, you know, he's like, <laughs> like, trying to try do his Kinshasa call. Um, I just, yeah, Corey, oh, I, I felt bad for I him. I think Corey almost choked. Didn't he or say he, he had, that was terrible. I And I, I believed him when he said, he's like, I've been, I've been recording 41 plus hours of uh, WWE stuff. I'm, my voice is pretty shot. And I was like, I believe you, dude. I, right, I believe oh, right. you. You were the voice of the WWE, oddly enough. <laughs> like, like he's literally on everything except for NXT and I want to say 205 Live, too. But, like, literally every every WWE show, Corey's there. And you're just like, dang, bro. Like, you do it all. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it is what it is, right? So, if you guys didn't know, Kofi Kingston won as well. Finn Balor won. Um, I know we said that kind of lacklusterish because more importantly, we had New Japan also, right? And oh. I have to, <laughs> you know, you hear Julie just drop. 
Um, I realized what we were going to. <laughs> yeah. So interesting enough, right? Uh, we had Dominion, but other than Dominion, we, I mean, there was a, a lot of great wrestling that went on just for the past week for it, right? But this was a big one because this was Dominion. Um, and this isn't like their biggest show, obviously, but this is one of their biggest shows. And right off the jump, man, uh, we know Moxley was in his match um, a couple days ago and won the IWGP US uh, title. Um, and it was a it was a great that was a great match. I really want to talk about that with, with Juice Robinson. <laughs> that match with Juice Robinson. Ju- well, first off, when Juice pulled off his head his uh, head thing and he didn't have the dress, that was like big. Because it was like, okay, so I feel like he's reinventing himself. So that gets me excited about what the hell's going to go on with Juice and his future, for starters. But, oh my god, like, what, I mean, yeah, there was a couple spots that were missed, but... Other than that, it was a good-ass match in general. They had the crowd. Dean, uh, well, Dean, Moxley, I gotta remember that now, was playing to the girls a little bit, getting the guys all pissed off. It was really good. They they knew what they were doing. You know, the talking between those two in that match, too, um, I know, like, this isn't, it wasn't on a Dominion card, but the talking between those two, man, I, it was something that Ollie Davis and Luke had talked about on Russell Talk too. Um, and we'll probably reference those guys a couple more times throughout this podcast, guys. But something they had <laughs> mentioned um, was that because with the loss of Kenny, the Young Bucks, and Cody, as well as like Hangman, they're like, well, how interesting would it be to see John Moxley in Bullet Club, and how wild would it be? Because they're like, you could almost fit him in there. And uh, I was you like, I don't it? want him to. I just want him to be the Death Rider. Of course, that's like his new nickname. Oh, no, I totally agree. Totally agree on that one. Be his own thing. Yeah. And he's like, it's very cool to watch him blossom. And the thing, too, what I really liked about Moxley, and this is something that we're going to talk about, too, is that he's not gimmicking anything. He went out there in black wrestling shoes, black trunks, and was like, watch what I can do. And he just went out there and delivered, like, this great match. And then at Dominion with him, um, he was wrestling – uh, Shota Yumino, uh, Yumino. Um, it was it was great. I mean, obviously, it's like a young upcomer wrestling a veteran, and they told that story that like, hey man, I know you got a little spunk, but I got a lot of experience. I'm just gonna beat your ass with it, and <laughs> that's what we got in this matchup. It was it was awesome. I do love the fact that um, Juice kicked out of the Dirty Deeds, but they didn't really call it that. But now he's at this new move called the Death Rider, which essentially is uh, the Dirty it, Deeds in a higher position. <laughs> isn't, isn't it that they're changing the Dirty? I thought they were good. I remember, I remember what YouTube, one of the random wrestling, one of the multitude of wrestling channels that are out there on YouTube. I thought they, I thought I had overheard one of them saying that it was being changed to the, the name was being changed to the Paradigm Shift. That that I mean, was the, the, the new move name. I like because it. of the whole, I hope that's it. Because I remember hearing something about that. I think that's what the. I know there's a move that is being named, or wants to be named, or something like that. That's going. To, that is going to be paradigm shift because of that whole promo. So I think that might be it. I mean, I, I don't don't mind it at all. The one thing I, I like, do want to talk about though is that Moxley said that he wants to be in the G1 tournament. Which uh-huh. I'm not gonna lie, the last couple I haven't paid attention really. 
um, and just having John say that he wanted to be in it made me want to follow this even more. Even what we'll talk about here in a couple in a little bit um, with another edition of a big name. Oh yeah, I was I was gonna say you better fast forward to to, to that because I I <laughs> I'm so excited for G1 for that. Yes. <laughs> Um, and obviously, we had uh, another big match that I wanted to talk about too was the uh, Jushin Liger Thunder uh, Yoshihashi and then uh, Suzuki versus and Saber Junior. Um, everybody kept yeah. everybody keeps talking about Saber Junior, right? And I hadn't watched a match, and uh, finally I sat down today and I watched watched him, and then I went back and watched a couple of his matches, and God bless that man is that man is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> right, I was bummed he didn't go to WWE, but in the end, I was happy. WWE. Does that make sense? They would have fucked him up so bad. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm actually ultimately happy this didn't work out the way I wanted it to at the beginning. But what I did like though was the ending, right? So uh, Yoshihashi got to win when he rolled up. Uh, he rolled up Saber, and I was like, oh, okay. I was like. Like I know they built this man up to be like very strong, so I was like, "That's kind of cool. I like that." And then um, Switchblade was on the card as well. Uh, another team that I really enjoy a lot, and we keep talking about the Bullet Club. And Jamila will probably agree with me. Uh, Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, oh, love you, G O D. I have to give a big shout out. I didn't know this um, until a little, actually I was watching. I think it was, and it was, it was Cultaholic was uh, interviewing Haku, and uh, he was talking about how Tamatonga was in the military, and I was like, "What?" So I went back and checked, and he's a Air Force veteran, much like myself, and uh, I was like, "Oh, oh wow. this is awesome! I get this great connection with uh, Tamatonga," and I was, I was, I just, I every time I see him now at Russell, I'm like, "I'm cheesing. That dude's in the air. Oh, dude was in the Air Force." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, Gorillas of Destiny, I think, are amazing. And then um, I kind of wish you would have gotten, before, of course, they started AEW, their um, storyline they were kind of planting the seeds with between, like, them versus everyone in Bullet Club. I oh, really yeah. wish you would have got to see, like, how that ended because I think it had the potential to be great. And oh, yeah. Then, no, I, totally um, I can't remember which show it was where it was them and Haku just came in and just beat everybody in. Huh. Um, I can't. I can't think of the show name right now, which is gonna bug me all day. But like, I was just like, that is pretty badass. Like, I I was really hoping to see how that would play out. But of course, like they left Ring of Honor and New Japan and started AEW. But I'm just like, you know, if they would just slide through to AEW one day, you know, I I would love to see like how that plays out at some point. Right. So I kept paying attention to. Uh to god and i was like okay well i was like that's cool then you know tomatonga and everything and it wasn't until i saw the g1 the super card right but right before wrestlemania yo and then mm-hmm. i watched them powerbomb poc out of the ring i've <laughs> i was like i they i i think i just witnessed a murder I, i'm not sure i'm pretty positive that i just witnessed god just murder poc by power bombing this man out of the ring i was like this is a this is an intense spot and then like to see that man rise up and then just like fall over again i was like jesus dude like 
that really made Gorilla that that really made God look like they had no fucks to give about right. anybody. And I was like, that is like that's some super hardcore heat that you can give out. And uh, yeah, it was great to see them get the win. Obviously, they definitely. you know being the tag team champs and everything. So I was definitely appreciative to that. Um, another match that got brought up. Um, I'm looking at CBS or Bleach Report. Bleach Report was talking about it. Um, Will Ospreay versus Dragon Lee, and they gave it an A plus or an A match. So it was definitely cool to see. Um, and then you know Will Ospreay, you know he just he just had a huge win too. So it was amazing to see. Uh, you know he won the the best of the Super Juniors, which allowed him to you know fight for the title. And uh, he yo Will Ospreay is on a whole nother level of like acrobatics. Between him and like Ricochet, I'm just like yo. Like how, how and why are y'all like this? Like it's insane. Well, didn't they? They had a match right with each other. I think that's where I first started watching Ricochet and Will Ospreay was their match that they had against each other, where they were mirroring each other. And I was like, "Yo, this is like this phenomenal!" <laughs> and everybody's like, "It's a spot fest." It's like I don't give a fuck. This is great wrestling yeah, that like, I'm watching. It is. And then there was also, um, I want to say it was like a best of, it was some tournament that um, I want to say a promotion in the UK did where it was like best, I think it was, I think they had called it like best in the world or something like that, where it was like different countries being represented. And I want to say it was Will Ospreay and Rey Mysterio had this amazing match. Like, uh, it, it was kind of like, the older generation versus, like, the new generation, which I thought was really cool to see. Because, of course, a lot of high flyers are like, oh, I love Rey Mysterio. And then probably, like, just to see them face off, you're just like, that's awesome. Well, did it, like, after that match, I remember that match, actually, now that we're talking about it. Um, after that match, Will Ospreay grabbed the mic, and he was just, you could tell, like, how much, inf- and it's funny we're talking about it, because we're actually going to talk about my favorite wrestler of, like, my whole entire life. Um, Rey Mysterio, like you can see how much of influence that Rey Mysterio had, like on WWE, WCW, WWF, whatever you want to call it. Obviously, Ring of Honor, Impact. Like he's just New Japan was like trying to bring him on forever, and then finally he showed up to do one match. Like everybody right. understands that if Rey Mysterio is out on the Indies, you've got to book that man because he is going to bring a lot of eyes to your product. But then like. A lot of other people just really love him and respect him. And obviously someone like Will Ospreay, that's the only thing he talked about was he's like, you never get to wrestle your heroes. I finally get to wrestle my hero and he's an amazing person and, you know, so on and so forth. So it was definitely cool to see like that much appreciation and that much love like go to somebody. And that's why I guess seeing Rey Mysterio in the WWE now, I was like, man, the only match I really want to see is Rey Mysterio versus Ricochet. I was like, God, that would be so awesome to see those two just tear it up in the ring. Well, oddly enough, they had faced each other before, but it was, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Lucha Underground, but um, of course, Puma. Uh, yeah, of course, Ricochet, when he was in Lucha Underground, he, um, his character's name was Prince Puma. But um, I definitely think it would be cool to see like Ricochet versus Rey Mysterio, not a character, not a different character that like is it Ricochet? If that makes sense, I hope I don't sound crazy when I said right. that. Right, you're funny. <laughs> you're good. No, I agree. Um, it was he's definitely 
it's just I I do remember the Prince Puma versus Rey Mysterio match, but I would definitely love to just see Ricochet and Rey Mysterio uh, yeah. just throw down. I just think it would be an amazing thing. There's like, and I know recently we also had uh, Will Ospreay went before Ricochet signed. You had uh, Matt Seidel, Ricochet, and um, Will Will Ospreay, Ricochet, Matt Seidel versus the Young Bucks, and I think Adam Cole. Uh, but they had like a six man tag match, and that match had like one of the craziest fucking endings I've ever seen in my life. But it was like one of the most awesome endings I've ever seen in my life as well. Because I've never yeah. seen three shooting star presses hit from three different posts before. And now I can say I've done that. I've seen that. So, <laughs> moving. Now that we've got our gushes out of the way out of uh, Rey Mysterio, Ricochet, and Offspray, um, Ibushi and Naito. Also fought on this card, uh, A plus match rated by uh, CBS or uh, Bleacher Report. Um, I, I I love these guys. <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there. <laughs> Watching their matches, I'm like, God, man, they make this shit look so fun. And I I've always wanted to wrestle. Like I was a high school wrestler, and then going into the college world. Um, but then like coming into watching, well, coming into WCF and like being able to to get in a ring it's been like i'm like yo everybody keeps telling me like yo you should wrestle like this i was like no i want to wrestle like these guys because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just it i mean i get it i mean it's painful but hey it looks like a lot of fun and i'm just like these guys look at like they're having a time of their life but they're they're like beating the shit out of each other but they're like hey by the end when we go in the back we're just gonna hug it out and talk about how great of a match we had and you're yeah, just like definitely yeah, i can agree um well, the one thing I love Kota Ibushi, but I always get scared every time he does a spot and he lands on his neck. I'm just like, Ugh. you talking about like the like, talking about the one where he uh they dive into the announcer table uh at Dominion this time. Oh, oh, oh my God! I it was one I saw um a gif on Twitter earlier where NATO gave him a suplex. Um, they were on the apron. And the way Coda landed, he, like, hit the side of yep. the ring, and it looked like he literally broke his neck. I was like, oh, Jesus, Coda's dead. I was like, Lord. <laughs> I was like, Coda didn't die. Because, like every, like, every match, I swear he takes at least one or two bumps on his neck. And I'm just like, are you okay, sir? Like, are you all right? Because you look dead, and I, 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 I'm concerned. Shake him awake. Shake him awake. See if he'll move. <laughs> right. It's and then like, uh, someone poke him with a stick. Like, is he alive? Okay, want to see a dead body? <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, uh, and then of course the main event match was uh, Okada, the Rainmaker versus Chris Jericho, the Painmaker. Um, you know, because that's the gimmick that he was going with. Uh, this was a great match. I don't know if you guys got to check it out or not. Um, spoilers: Jericho didn't win. Um, yeah. <laughs> back to AEW with you, chump. <laughs> you, did, you did a fantastic job, though. Like just oh shit talking the entire match. He's to the bad. crowd and everything. Yo, know, he he's like I have to be. I I remember mm-hmm. watching him as the Lionheart, Chris Jericho, when he first showed up to um, WCW. On like this is gonna really date me. Uh, Saturday it was like Saturday main event. It was ridiculous. It was like a two-hour-long program that was just on randomly Saturday afternoons. But um, I remember Bro, my older did... sister and I have shirts that we want to make that say Jericho Holic since 97. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I just remember him like going in the like laying in the crowd and people were like, This is Chris Jericho the Lionheart. He has a never die attitude and blah 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 and I was like, Yeah And then, you know, uh Jericho is Nitro, Monday Night Jericho. I was like, God bless, this man is amazing. But to see him like twenty years later, man, and still just tearing it up, I'm just like, God, man, like you keep coming with something new every single time and you have innovative ideas and you think about the way you want to do things and i'm just glad that he gets the opportunity to like pass his knowledge along to like the younger guys but then to also like revamp himself in the same way and it's it's just really fun to see because i never imagined him with the eye makeup like ever because i was like nah that's like that stings thing and there's no way that he's gonna do it but then once he started like doing it i'm just like yeah what the makeup thing yeah like it actually works for his it actually works for his new character i think oddly enough like because i think it makes him look even more badass than what he already is but that's just my personal opinion but i think it's cool because i feel like a lot of people when they try like guy liner or like makeup a lot of people can't pull it off or like it just doesn't fit but i think for jericho like it works because it's like okay you're the front man for a rock band like right. you're base, you're basically this like, rock, your character is basically like you, so it's just like it, it works, it, it fits. Right. Well, on the um, I was I uh, listen slash watch uh, Bust Open Radio. That's Bully Ray's uh, podcast thing. And mm-hmm. Jericho on, and he was talking about he had brought up the makeup thing, and he said, you know, when people are like, why are you putting makeup on? He's like, I don't know, because I feel like it. I like it. I want to do it. And he was saying also, like, he could never get away with it in WWE. No. He, would, he, he would have been told it was stupid and not to try it. But here we are talking about how interesting it is. And it was just something he did on a whim. You know, so and because he was like, hey, fuck it, let's try something different. Right. You know? And that's the thing that, that, that makes Jericho timeless is he also brought it up on the on that that same podcast is how he gets called the David Bowie of wrestling and it's true Bowie was never Bowie was never the same he always changed himself whether or not you liked his music you respect him pretty much that's like pretty much roughly the quote that Jericho was saying and that's right. pretty much exactly it you know he he's never the same and you don't always have to like that version of Jericho but you're like god damn it I love Jericho you can't help but say it. you're like <laughs> Yeah, Jericho. I love. My sister and I are still trying to. My sisters and I are still trying to petition to somehow get him as her uncle. Like <laughs> I need to be up with Jericho. Like when it's it's we have full on family conversations and group chats about Uncle Jericho, Chris Jericho. If you somehow listen to this, please be our uncle. Just saying. <laughs> I have also, a single aunt, but you don't need to know that. Doesn't matter. Just be my uncle, please. Adopt I, us. I'm trying to petition my mom to adopt <laughs> Matt Riddle. That was- <sighs> <laughs> He could be your bro, bro. That would be so dope. I also love that during uh, Jericho's entrance at Double or Nothing, he basically went through like all of the different. Oh yeah, yeah. That was was really really neat. You know, also about all that, I thought it was funny too when he did the jacket and everyone thought that was the version he was coming out as. I'm like, right, and I'm just like, now y'all like y'all haven't figured out what he's doing yet. Come on, fuckers! Like, (laughs) right. I I also like that Judas is his opening. Yes, I love that song. Mm-hmm. I think it. So what I thought was interesting, and well, now now that we're 
we're talking about double nothing again. Um, <laughs> it was that was Cody's idea, which I thought was very interesting to like have all those facades of like Chris Jericho. I mm-hmm. thought that was a great call. Like, hey, we're gonna, right. we're gonna touch on your past characters. Here's what we want to do. How do you feel about it? And Jericho was like, I like it. I just, I, I've Cody's mind for what he has planned for AEW with the Young Bucks and Kenny. Like we've always said, he's just. His dad, like, supplied him with so much knowledge that it's like, hey, man, you're about to take this world to a whole new place. And we're about to see things that people never imagined. And, and you know, and Jamila, you can jump in on this, too, because we we gave our opinion about Double or Nothing and the great variety show that we, that we were given, mm-hmm. right? Everything from hard-hitting matches to great matches uh, from the women of Japan to the great opening mm-hmm. match. We talked about everything like on the card. Um, the surprise entrance of Awesome Kong. Let's be real. Like that went underutilized. Yeah, that that was awesome. But it was like, you get to see all these great moments and these great, great things. Like, how did you feel about Double or Nothing? I enjoyed Double or Nothing. And I thought it was a great way for AEW to kind of, to basically come out and be like, hey, like we're here. And after watching that show, I was just like, so can we get y'all weekly TV show now? Like, I I am ready, okay? <laughs> because yep. I think from start to finish, like, it was a great show. And um, I, even though I missed some of it because I was watching it on a stream. Sorry, not sorry. Um, <laughs> I still, like, the match I was most looking forward to was the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks because I love um, the Lucha Brothers. I've been a, I became fans of them after I started watching um, Lucha Underground, so I was really interested to see like how that match would play out. I thought that was really awesome. Um, Cody and Dustin, uh, um, um, amazing from start to finish. Like it was awesome. And then uh, the speech Cody gave at the end, saying like how he needs his brother. I was like my heartstrings like y'all really tugging on them today <laughs> and um i thought kenny versus jericho going into it i was just like how are they possibly gonna top the matches they've had before but they definitely came in and like showed out and i thought that was great um, but from start to finish i thought it was a really well put together really solid show and i'm just hoping that their momentum continues and that like they won't be I'm trying to figure out how to put this. They won't be like the oh the hot new flash in the pan and they kinda like lose their spark. Like I'm hoping like this momentum will continue. Well they pretty much have like a, a show a month to keep it rolling until October. Right. So, yeah, definitely. I mean so hopefully they, have, they can keep that up. They have great surprises like John Moxley just pop in through the crowd and just like hit people with his well, you know, I, DDT. I mean, but well, I also like here's the other thing too. Is like I also think of like with it even past October, like I, 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 there are people that disagree with me. I don't give a shit. I firmly believe at some point Vince McMahon and WWE is going to be shamed into stop holding some people hostage. The more these stories come out, the more bad press they get about it. I feel like they're just gonna. It's not going to be worth it. Yeah. And I feel like once that happens, then we really got, really got some some shit. Because then you're going to start seeing more and more people being like, fuck this, now I can leave. Before, I, we, yeah. shame, before we shame the WWE I, into like <laughs> giving up more people, 
Julie, we forgot we had a surprise about we had a surprise entrant into the G one supercar that we didn't talk about. Um, do you want to talk? Oh about yeah, that? Uh, uh 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 Kenta, Kenta, y'all, <laughs> Kenta's back. Kenta's back. We yeah, not not Hideo Tommy, which you know, like I it failed, failed. It just didn't work out in the. It just was not a fit. It was just not working out. We got him. We got him. He's gonna be at the G one. So you know what that means. We're gonna have Kenta in the G one. Who else did we say is in G one? Yeah, we got John Moxley. John Moxley? What? Dude, I'm so bummed. I'm so fucking. I would love to see them face each other. Oh my god, yes. Funny story about Kenta. I had never seen any of his matches before he got to WWE. Mm-hmm. And Justin sent me a match that him and Daniel Bryan had in Ring of Honor, and I was just like, oh my "This man is amazing." And right. I was, and like after watching that match, it made me so like it brought up my earlier point that like WWE has all this talent they don't use because I watched that match and after I was just like, "WWE, what are y'all doing?" Like, I yeah, think- they're really good about fucking things up. They they, they get good talent, they hold them hostage, and then they get mad at everybody. Why don't you like our product? Because you don't put the good people on. That's why. And then it'll be like the newer talent, they'll start off so strong, and then they slowly start to, like, fade. And you're just like, oh, I haven't seen such and such in a while. And you're just like, do they even still work here? And then you're like, right. you're like okay, you still work here. And you're just like, why do we see you on TV? Right. The amount of people that I go, oh, they didn't get Futured Endeavored? What? I thought they definitely got Futured Endeavored. You know, because that season's always popping up. Isn't that coming up again? Isn't yeah. Future Endeavor season coming up again? Should be. Like, uh, right well, no, after SummerSlam. No. You know what? They might not. They might not do it as hard after SummerSlam because of the fact of uh, AEW. They might just hold everybody hostage. I mean, John brought up in a, in another interview about how uh, Triple H buying up the Indies was a big mistake, too. You know, for NXT. Yeah. Because it's essentially what he was doing. He was buying up all the indies, getting every, all the indie guy, all his faces, and they, you know, all you know these people that oh well can't sign him to AEW or can't sign him to New Japan. What? Cause they're stuck with the, they're stuck under now with the WWE umbrella. You know, he he, he pulled an he pulled an old man. As much as like it pisses me off, as people are like Triple H is going to save us. Realistically, is he? Is he? Because I'm pretty fucking sure that match in unredacted country was 15 minutes longer than it needed to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they, he always, it's people. I, 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 and I've thought about this long and hard over the last couple of days about this. Don't get me wrong. I love triple H. I'm always going to love who he is to what he's been to what he was in my life. But the thing is too, he ain't no much. He's not that much better than the old man. He's, he's always got it in. He's always in a damn big, huge, pay-per-view it's wrestlemania somehow he's got an angle you know what i mean they're always shoving him up there and then when you hear about the stuff that he does with buying up the indies and some of the contract situations that were oh, i got bullshitted and stuff like that you kind of go well wait a minute did i just put higher hopes in you than i probably should have and i think that that that's starting to come out that maybe maybe we really started holding up like just because the product of nxt was good Really, we're going. Oh well, Hunter's Hunter's saving us. Is he though, or That's is it true. just the talent is so good that well, that shit's going to make it work? 
I think it's a combination you know? of I think it's a combination of two things, right? So obviously he's signing a really great talent because yeah, you can't you can't have NXT without it. But I also think that it's a part where you know Hunter is like, hey, we know why you're great. Just go be great out there. And I think that's just what it is. I mean, they have great writers, obviously, for NXT. Triple H signs off on everything because he's like, all right, what are we doing with this character? Okay, that sounds good. What is that going to do for his long term? Like, I feel like he looks at it that way and then he gets those guys. But then what happens is they go to the main roster. And this was something that um, the guys on Russell Talk were talking about, too. They said um, once they go up to the main roster, Vince looks at him and he says, I don't get it put him in that scenario like ec3 like we saw right. ec3 be so incredible on impact and then well, he came he, to he came to nxt a, and he had like a little run right mm-hmm. nothing kind of major and then like when he got to the mm-hmm. main roster vince was like oh i remember him main event and now right. we don't really see him on main event we're like what the well, fuck like Here's the thing, though, and it goes on back with that Triple H thing. You have to to understand. The reason why I also think that NXT does better than the main roster is when I say that Triple H is no better than the old man, it doesn't mean he's exactly the same. The reason why NXT gets a chance to be better and and they have writers is because you don't have Triple H being as micromanaging as Vince is because he's too worried about getting himself over still. You know what I mean? Like, he still worries about getting himself over on the main roster and still being a part of the big in there. So it he doesn't micromanage NXT as much as the main roster gets micromanaged to death by Vince. I think that's where the difference is. But, like, realistically lately, I, it, I, I, I love Triple H, but there's just been a lot of decisions where I'm just like, really? Are, are you saving us? Are you going to save us when Vince leaves? Or are you going to shove yourself? Are you and Stephanie going to be the next version? Because she's still a McMahon. End of the day, yeah. you're still married to a McMahon. Yeah. So is it still going to? Are we still going to have the McMahons shoved down our throat? Just the next generation. So I, I don't know. I'm lately having it worried about the the well, how much credit the, we give. Here's what's going to happen: is just that it's either going to it's going to be great again. And we're going to get all this great talent that's in NXT and all this great talent that's on Raw and SmackDown. And mm-hmm. Hunter's going to be like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is the way we're running it. Done. Get on board or get gone. And if not, tough breaks. Then the whole product is going to sink. And it's not Vince's fault because Vince will be focused on the XFL. But eventually what's going to happen is we're just going to sit back and be like, well, remember when WWE was the thing? Yeah, we're all watching AEW <laughs> now because it's crazy. Right. <laughs> All That'd empires crumble. You need to get that reality. It's crazy because, you know, I, it's almost like, and it's an oversaturation issue too, where like you, we lit, I was joking about it with friends, but then I found myself really doing this where it was like, I watched Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, and after NXT UK, I'm watching 205 Live. Like it literally became a thing where I'm watching like, 10 hours of content and i was like when the hell did this happen and why <laughs> and i was like <laughs> and i was like jesus dude yeah, I, give like, you, I give you credit the way wwe stuff has been lately i i i won't i can't i can't watch that much i will watch it when it's good but lately it's like man i almost feel like i need to get a paycheck well i can't watch <laughs> i can't I do. watch I, uh, I can't watch nxt 
or 205 Live or any pay-per-views anymore after I canceled uh, my membership last week. Well, last month. I canceled it, so right. I'm out now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's because of the whole... Yep. I canceled it because of... Probably and we'll talk about people. it. The yeah. Ashley Massaro situation. The whole Yeah, well, that's, that, that's actually going to be a, a podcast that we, we cover do a separate podcast because that 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 the dark side of wrestling is something we'll we'll cover because that bit that's a conversation that can go on for like speaking of which did you guys watch this series um dark side of the ring thank you i have brought this up so many podcasts and i am the am i y'all haven't seen it. i'm the only one that on this podcast has seen it and now i don't feel so alone i have it all no um, I thought it was interesting because for me, um, with the exception of like, of course, like the Von Erics and Fabulous Moolah, and of course, uh, Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, like you really see that like wrestling, it's pretty dark. Yo, you know, the Bruiser like, Brody episode was really hard. That that broke my heart. It was hard to watch because the you know, you yeah. knew you knew that there was you knew it was a murder. But then when you watch mm-hmm. the whole thing and see Tony Atlas and and uh, Abdullah just bullshitting his way, oh, I never knew there was a meeting. But then you got Dutch Martell and both uh, both him and Tony Atlas being like, oh yeah, there was a meeting in a room. You kind of go, God damn it, this is why I was not. Yeah. For the one that broke my heart the most was probably the one about Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth, and then also oh. the one about the Von Eric. Because like I Dude, knew the Von Eric one. To them. Made me, but made like me I never knew lot. like how, like yeah. like I knew about the Varnares, but I didn't, and I knew they were like surrounded by tragedy, but I didn't know like what happened to all of them. It's a and good just, ed- like that 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 series is a very good hard lesson into what like how again how hard it is to be a wrestler. Like it, it definitely. I think that's because we like you said we you know we're going to do a special about it. I mean, a lot of people don't realize. It takes a toll. It takes a toll. The 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 how long your life gets shortened. Yep, it does. Your 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 life, your life does get shortened. How many wrestlers are like, oh, he was sixty, he's in his sixties. Oh, so and so died from a heart attack. Oh, so and so died from this. You know, they're they, they beat themselves up. It's getting into a car wreck every single day. You know, and you're traveling around on top of it. Yeah, and then hearing things like, um, I remember John Oliver got a lot of because he brought up the fact that WWE doesn't offer their people health insurance, and I was just like, what? Yep. And you're just like, that's crazy. Like they're out there putting their bodies online, and if they don't have health insurance and they get injured, like they're pretty much SOL. Right. There's a lot about WWE that I'm hoping the way AEW does their stuff. It makes WWE. I, 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 they're not going to go anywhere. They're too big. They have too much money. Okay. Right. Um, but I hope it makes them change their practices. That's how I view. That's how I view a lot of my stuff. Like when people give me shit about being like, I, I don't like I'm vegan, whatever. But like when people ask me why I do it, I'm not gonna come up and you slap your bacon out of your, your hand. What I'm gonna do is I figured out a long time ago. I vote with my dollar, and my dollar doesn't go towards that shit. If until you change your practices. I don't want to give you money towards your practices. It's the same concept I do with WWE. I'm sick and tired of putting my money. I'm, hopefully, you not getting the viewership makes you change your practices. 
Well, it's funny That's because like, you're, you're bringing it up, but the state of California right now is currently, I think there's a law going through, well, there's a bill being passed right now. Um, I know it went through one part. It's going to the other right now. But they're talking about uh, companies, with, and, and it, reg- dis- it really regards independent contractors, that if you want to come work in their state, you have to pay, you have to show that the people who work for you have full health coverage. Right. So WWE, essentially, it's either you're going to either step up and pay your independent contractors full health insurance or you're not and you're not going to perform in California. And obviously, California is a huge market. So you can't you cannot be like that because AEW, as they've said, they're providing health care for their their employees, their wrestlers. Um, and where WWE is like, nah, we don't. So you're going to see someone like AEW go into Los Angeles, into San Francisco, into San Diego, Sacramento, and perform shows there where WWE, if they don't change their practices, um, they can host their shows in like Vegas and just stay outside for, you know, that three hour drive from LA up. But it's like, figure it out. Like you have to figure it out now because the, the state and eventually watch the country push push to get that done you know i think uh there was a situation where i think they ran to the same situation in jersey where they just didn't host a show in jersey but i was like jersey's not california you know and this was like late in the 80s and then eventually wwe like got them to over like change a change a certain type of law which allowed them to which then they are like all right we'll come do shows now in jersey but it's um it's crazy. It's crazy to think that you're not offering your employ your the people who come work for you. Mind you, they will take care of you if you get hurt on the show. But otherwise, if you don't if you don't have health insurance, like you're screwed, right? And I know um coach he talked about it. He was like he's like I'm an independent contractor. I pay for my own health insurance, blah 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 blah. blah. And I was like, "Coach, I've only seen you take like maybe six bumps." ever in your career like i don't i was like you're not the rock where you're taking six bumps in the first five minutes of a match like i don't know who you are like it's just it's wild to me to think that the wwe is out here like taunting about having the best product or the best roster but they have a poor product and they have you know poor health care for their for their guys well no health care for their guys it's just it's wild to me but it's I was going to say it's sad, but it's like you're hoping that with all of these things coming out that, like you said, it'll it'll motivate them to change their practices and realize that, like, it's not, you know, like it's not the 70s and 80s anymore. Like, take care of your people, take care of your people. So with that being said, um, we're going to end the show on a down note. Psych. Um <laughs> <laughs> So, Jamila, uh, why don't you give our, our listeners um, kind of where they can find you and what you're going to be up to and see what – and we'll go from there. Definitely. Um, you can follow – WCF is on every social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to follow us. Um, I am also on social media as well. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. It's um, Mila, M-I-L-O-A underscore J with two Ys. Um, I am going to be at Wrestling Madness on June 29th, and I hope to see all of you guys there. It's going to be an awesome show from start to finish. We have a lot of great things planned. A lot of great people are going to be there. Um, I'm really excited about it. So just 
like come check us out you know if you're ever in the dmv or baltimore area like just come check us out uh we do shows uh once a month and it's it's great like we're amazing come see us <laughs> <laughs> and julie why don't you throw out your handles uh it's usual come find me on instagram at a little list Chewbacca. I've been kind of lame as of lately. I'm posting stuff, but that's because I've been learning editing because we're going to be getting that YouTube channel started. I'm going to be starting getting the gaming reviews. So keep listening to when I finally drop the handle on the YouTube channel. It is just a lot for someone with a brain injury to try to learn editing on a video. Fuck it. I hate it. It can burn in hell. Oh my God. I hate it. It can burn in hell. I hate it. I do. I, I hate it. All this stuff. It can die. It can die. But other than that, come find me. I love you. <laughs> Jamila knows all about editing videos. She has to do yeah, it for the yeah. shows. Oh, oh my god, the yep, most time so you thing in the world. Yep, it can burn in hell and have fun doing it. So, but other than <laughs> that, guys, come find me. <laughs> so you guys, uh, you can find me um, here on Frankensteiner. Uh, also, get the KO, which is also attached to Fra- uh, Franka Culture and Nerds at a Round Table. Um, yeah, I edit all three of these podcasts. That shit's insane. Um, so I definitely understand the whole <laughs> editing process thing. Um, also, you guys can find me on all your favorite social media platforms, minus Grinder, regardless of what Marty has to say. Uh, CM <laughs> underscore Miller 85. Yeah. No, no, it's not just Grinder. You're on like, what, Farmers Direct? Isn't that like Farmers <laughs> Only or some shit that we said? Christian Singles. Think, Christian Mingles. Yeah, I was like, Christian Mingles. I think we also said they were like on Ashley Madison or some shit like that. Like we, we, Yeah, the amount of. The amount of put like the amount of different uh, uh, dating sites you're on in our head at least in our head you have the random yeah just it's bad I'm sorry I'm sorry we do this <laughs> <laughs> you can't take us in public however you should um, but yeah so Discord, yeah, so Reddit, Discord Reddit, Reddit Snapchat Snapchat Twitter Twitter Instagram, everything. Instagram, CM everything. underscore oh, 85. 85. You know what? This is a good time to bring this up because we had mentioned the dark side of the ring. If you find us on our handles, both Cliff and I, I mean, you can bring it up to bring it up to you too. She can, you know, relay it. Uh, we we want to do a, a special about the darker side of the business. And if there's anything that you think that should be covered, whether it's, you know, the stuff about head injuries, which trust me, your girl, Brain Injury Warrior over here. That's going to be my <laughs> bread and butter. But other than that, if there's anything that any of the listeners think like, hey, you know, I'd like you to, to talk about like how we brought up the health insurance stuff and we can go a little bit more depth. Uh, you know, just shoot us a message, comment on there, comment on uh, comment on the fake Frankenstein or anything. Let, it, let them know they can make sure we see it and we know, oh, that's a topic we should cover. So that's a good thing to bring up. Yep, yep. And yep. then, last thing, last thing, you guys can find guys me, can find me at, at WCF Wrestling WCF as well. WCF Wrestling as well. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, All but right, that guys, wraps but it that up. So, why don't you guys go ahead and say bye? Go ahead and say bye. Peace out, y'all. Thanks for having me, guys. This is awesome. Bye. <laughs> thanks for thanks for coming thanks on, and see you guys later. Later.